Welcome to SatNuts, the podcast. I'm your host, Drew Klein, VP of Seacom Satellite Systems. What is a SatNut? SatNuts are the shrewd, engaging characters from the space and SATCOM business. Yes, they do exist. This podcast is where we discuss past decisions, current markets, and future endeavors. Bad news, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're being forced to change our logo the logo of the man in the suit with the satellite antennas due to copyright infringement. Though I assure you that no one in the history of Photoshop has ever decided to crop satellite antennas into a picture of Alec Baldwin's hands. Coffee's for closers only. I credit my new marketing associate, Xiao Fan, for that. She had no idea what she was doing, but she followed my direction very well. You can't fight City Hall or whatever, but onward and upward. This is episode 0004, and we have one of my favorite people from the SATCOM industry that I've gotten to know over the last 10 years. Today's guest is Patrick Lewis, sales director for Germany's Telespazio Vega. Patrick's a very chill guy, but when it comes to sales, he's a relentless deal closer. He's passionate, he's intelligent, he's empathetic, and don't mistake his very American name, he's German. He's very, very German. Conversation starts off personal. Talk about sales strategy, tactics. We go off into the SATCOM weeds a bit, talking about recent market developments and who in the satellite business will survive this pandemic. We don't go too deep in the weeds. I can't keep up with this guy's brain. It's on a different level than mine. Happy to call him a friend, someone I'd hang out with any day of the week. Please welcome Patrick Lewis from Telespazio Vega. Patrick Lewis, Telespazio, how are you feeling? Uh, good, actually, quite. Uh, sun is shining, the weather is sweet. How was your birthday? Uh, birthday was uh, lonely, <laughs> was very lonely. Why? Uh, I, I was not allowed to invite anyone, so uh, we uh, we just celebrated here in the family. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's a one birthday out of the last, what, 40 plus that you can not make a big deal out of? Yeah, we'll get it done later. So everything's okay. Um, we're all doing good here. Um, all, in Germany, everybody's doing okay. Uh, most of the people are doing okay. So um, I'm quite uh, relaxed still. The last trip I made was to see you in Berlin in December, uh, we not in Berlin, excuse me, in Darmstadt, and uh, in Frankfurt, yeah, and and we we had a great visit with some customers, and and we did some demonstrations. Did you did you get sick at all in the last couple months? Uh, no, actually, not not more than normal. So uh, I had some uh, maybe uh, one or two coughs, but they were gone immediately. So uh, I. I I just feel uh, as normal as as always, um, and uh, everything else uh, around me, so very near to me, has always has al- also been feeling very normal. And your kids, and your wife, and I know your wife is works in the healthcare industry. She she yeah, has she not... actually works in the childcare industry, and there, I mean, they they she's been working until end of uh, February. Um, and uh, she hasn't been sick at all. Um, and uh... I was in I was in Germany. I was in France. I was in London. Uh, I I feel like for sure I got the COVID on that trip because I felt kind of sick in Berlin shortly after I visited you. Uh, I felt like I had a a cough a virus that just wouldn't quit. I never got a fever. Never had a sore throat. But I had so many other symptoms: loss of smell. Uh, you know, I, I just yeah, it was, I mean, it was been, you've been hitting hundreds of people on the trade shows and and uh, visiting people, so the probability is quite high, I would say. Uh, but uh, we just need to wait for everyone to get this uh, this testing for the uh, whether you know whether you had it or not. What is the what is the what's the feeling on the ground in Germany right now? Germany's been one of those countries that's been sparingly hit by this it seems that you went in lockdown pretty quickly and and you know maybe culturally there was some reason why germany seemed to fare so well but strangely enough belgium you know and 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 nearby countries have just been 
absolutely hammered. What what is it about the Germans that uh, or, or the country itself that that is different from the rest of Europe that maybe helped it to avoid or minimize this the the virus? What is really strange is that everyone in Germany actually uh, back in January and February, uh, including me, um, we were actually just not worried at all because we thought it's uh, probably like the other viruses that were emerging a few years ago, um, that they won't even uh, come to Europe. Um, so um, and then and then the, uh, they they did the shutdown. But uh, I think that the main reason why Germany is doing so well is the healthcare system and um, the people um, get a sick leave payment uh, for up to six weeks in Germany. So um, I think when the people were feeling sick, they were really staying at home without having any um, financial losses. Um, so it was very easy for uh, for Germans to, um, let's say, heal heal the the virus um, and then uh, go back to work again. You know, we, one of the fun things we did when I was in in uh, Darmstadt with you was you took me to this very famous old uh, swimming area sauna. What did you what was it called? The swimming yeah. sauna. It what was the Jugendstilbad, um, and it's a very old uh, um, bathing area, uh, like 200 years old, um, and uh, yeah, very interesting architecture and very interesting building. And uh, they uh, renewed it a few years ago because it was lying dead. Um, and uh, yeah, nice place. Uh, and Darmstadt is a nice place anyway to be, um, being like the Houston of Europe with the. Uh, European Space Operations Center uh, being here, having UMETS at the weather agency, the European uh, headquarters here, uh, having uh, Merck, uh, one of the big, uh, one of the biggest uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, or chemical companies uh, in the world, um, and uh, we've got a lot of interesting uh, small and medium uh, companies as well. So many that I can't name them all. Darmstadt and uh, the surrounding Frankfurt Rhine Main area. Uh, very interesting, but Darmstadt, especially with Munich and Berlin and Bremen, uh, like uh, are the hotspots for uh, space technologies in in Germany. Europeans and and North Americans were so different, and, and forget about Europeans just within Europe being so different from each other. You know, Germans being different from from Spaniards and from 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 French people, but Europeans versus North Americans is so different. So I, I the reason why I brought up the 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 bathing area is because, you know, we're all walking around naked in there. That's the kind of thing that in North America is so odd and so strange to see to see ninety three year old ladies uh, walking around butt naked next to twenty year old dudes, and nobody cares there. And 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 I I, I it was such a wonderful juxtaposition if you wanted to compare it to say the the way that north americans are, are afraid or ashamed of their bodies or or uh it just doesn't really exist you know on this side of the pond i, I always just found that to be such an interesting uh difference between north americans and europeans yeah there are some differences i uh, don't want to go too deep on that one but uh, the nudist uh, um, uh, culture in germany especially eastern germany but also uh, let's say northern europe as also in uh, scandinavia and every i mean they go they've got the saunas outside and then they just jump into ice water um, for them it's also uh, even normal to be naked at minus uh, 10 minus 20 degrees <laughs> um, and uh, yeah it there are differences, um, but uh, like I said, uh, I think um, for uh, for the economy, uh, you you will see a lot of uh, um, good, let's say, best practice uh, um, countries um, or less be best practice regions, uh, because it's not only Germany; it's uh, it's many northern European countries, and even some Eastern European countries that are doing quite well because they have these let's say, fundamentals, um, these uh, these roots, um, and uh, having a good healthcare system, having good doctors, having uh, good education, good educated doctors, and, and let's say good technology also um, is, is so important. Um, and I think uh, working together uh, makes everyone stronger, and that's what we, uh, what we need to 
embrace in in Europe and uh, even further. And that's why I think uh, even with, uh, I mean, Canada, as far as I know, is also part of the European Space Agency, even mm. uh, even though they're not in Europe. Um, but they are also um, um, a part of it. Um, and there are other areas where um, there's good um, relationships and good uh, good things. Um, and we just need to expand that. You, you, you told me once, uh, uh, sticking on the personal side before we go into more business talk, but you once told me a, a great story about, I think it was last year or the year before, you took your family uh, to your wife and two kids to visit your family in the U.S. We'll get to yeah. that in a little bit. But you took you took what I thought was really awesome was you, how you took your your kids to an affluent part of the states to visit one side of your family, and then you took them to a more rural uh, area that was not quite as affluent. How how did that affect your your wife and kids who'd maybe never seen that before coming from Germany? How, how did that affect them? It was actually quite funny because I asked them uh, whether they want to go back to Florida or uh, rather back to uh, Kentucky. Uh, and um, they actually said uh, they would like to go back to Kentucky because um, there's just more to see. Um, and uh, they loved it there. Um, so the uh, the Midwest um, really is got a, has so much nature and so many interesting uh, places to go. Um, so they, they liked it. Um, and Florida was for them, the, the beach, they said, is too big. Um, it's just too big, everything. And uh, they they were feeling like um, in, a, in a stairway to heaven, um, sometimes they said. Um, so uh, the, there was so many uh, elderly people um, living there and... Uh, and they just, um, they enjoyed uh, the States all the time. I mean, they love the States, um, but uh, yeah, I want to take them to other places in the world as well, just to, to have some uh, some benchmarks and to see how, how uh, good everything is uh, and um, how everything is becoming better as well. Um, and uh, I mean, 150 years ago, my grand grand grandparents they didn't have hot water out of the the um, for the tub. They didn't have uh, or electricity. They didn't have anything. It it took maybe 150 years uh, or less for other countries to really um, uh, get up uh, and uh, and be be wealthy and healthy um, for, for the people. You, you know, your, your, your story, uh, I mean, it's funny to hear a, a German guy named Patrick Lewis, not exactly your typical German name, uh, but your story is really interesting about how you ended up in Germany, your pre-SATCOM years, your young years. I've gotten to listen to, to, to most of the story, but I wondered if you might share uh, a little bit of your history about how you, you know, you know came to and from the U.S. and, and back to Germany. Yeah, I'm still, of course, a little bit we can go into that. It's a long, long story, and I'm still looking for someone that's going to write uh, uh, a movie for, uh, about it. Um, but uh, basically, I, I'm a soldier's kid of uh, an American soldier that was stationed in Germany. My mother is uh, German. My father is American. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, not alive anymore. Uh, he died a few years ago. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, to make the story short, I had a very good contact uh, with him in the end, uh, in the last few years. Uh, my contact started at when I was like 17 or 18. Um, and before that, um, I just had let, uh, contact by uh, letters. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, uh, the exciting part of it was uh, that uh, for me, I don't remember anything, so I just know it from stories, but uh, I've been uh, kidnapped by him, uh, taken to the US from Germany when I was um, probably one and a half years old. Um, and uh, then I uh, lived in the US for uh, a while until um, I was actually uh, take, taken or gotten, gotten back uh, by my uh, grandfather and my mother and um, yeah, I I can't go into too much detail now, but uh, it's a very uh, interesting story. There's a lot of uh, 
uh, yeah, exciting background uh, things that uh, I I think are really crazy because I wasn't allowed to go uh, or leave Germany. Uh, so my father flew me out of the Netherlands, and um, it was quite quite exciting to hear about it, to read about it. And for me, in the end, uh, the whole story went out good, um, having a good relationship with everyone. Um, and uh, yeah, everything's okay. You're waiting to option those movie rights, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. <laughs> so you you worked uh, at two, you, you've worked really at two major companies in your SATCOM career. You've worked for Hughes for almost a decade and now Telspacio for almost uh I guess seven or eight years now. So yep. when you when you first got into the satcom business, what what did you envision? Like, what was your thought about what you would be doing in this business? So um, I actually grew up in the space business because when I was two or three years old, uh, my stepfather mo uh, moved into my life, and uh, he was actually working uh, for and at uh, the European Space Agency uh, when I was a kid. Um, so I grew up in space. Um, I studied um, at Deutsche Telekom uh, communications and uh, and marketing. So um, it was uh, it was a coincidence that I actually uh, started working as a student uh, for Use Network Systems um, just near near my hometown here uh, in in the ground station. Um, and my first few days uh, were just fantastic because I thought I can combine all my space uh, enthusiasm and passion um, with uh, communication uh, knowledge I have uh, gained at university and uh, also the passion for it. So I was excited from day one um, and uh, I went through different positions from marketing manager through pr uh, program manager uh, and ended up in uh, key account and sales. Um, and uh, had so many uh, exciting projects from uh, mobile banking over gas stations, over um, um, car dealerships uh, and, uh, and other interesting uh, energy utility or um, defense area, um, very interesting project. So, uh, and then uh, the move to Telespazio was uh, Telespazio was always a customer uh, and a partner and a supplier and everything for you. So they've been doing a lot of projects together. Uh, for example, the uh, Steamer project in France, one of the largest uh, SATCOM uh, projects in Europe. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's uh, a lot of uh, good things uh, I can, I can uh, tell you about. American um, management, which is very pushy and very good marketing, good engineering, um, and uh, and Italy. I mean, it, Italian working for an Italian company. Uh, it's it's we've we have Italian and French. Um, so Thales is also a mother of Telespazio, mm. um, and I see other, us as a European company. Um, I don't see us as a as an Italian company. So for us, uh, we're a European country, a company just like Airbus is a European company. Um, and uh, it's it's much better to have all the um, experts from the different regions and the different experiences and the different inputs um, to have a good output. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's a good environment to be in. Um, and uh, I enjoy uh, pushing, pushing SATCOM uh, in Germany. So is the do you think the satcom market specifically in Germany I guess is going to be positively or negatively impacted by this disaster we've already seen some economic implosions happen uh OneWeb and and even Speedcast just just uh, the other day yeah. so yeah. so do you see uh this being as a good clean out of the weaker companies and the strong will survive or do you think we'll have some kind of a golden age of space satcom coming uh post-COVID, or, or is this going to be a, a downtrend for us in, in this market? That's a very good question. Um, and uh, I'm thinking about it, and, and my opinion is changing uh, sometimes daily. Um, but uh, with OneWeb, I think everyone in the, in the industry, every engineer uh, or everybody that's, let's say, from the old space uh, um, 
if you want to call it, the old space uh, companies, um, I think they were critical from the beginning because OneWeb uh, already had a few birth mistakes or whatever you want to call them, having no um, uh, inter-satellite laser links um, and not thinking the ground segment to, to an end uh, where it's really flexible and easy to, to easy to use, plug and play. Uh, it, it, I mean, the, the problem we all have in the SATCOM market is that it is too diverse. Uh, it's sometimes too, um, too complicated to, um, to run it. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult um, to give any uh, forecast on that. So um, I think Telesat, uh, they are set up a little bit better. Um, for example, um, I don't know uh, what Spacelink will do, uh, the other company. And there, there are more co many more companies that try to do similar things. Um, and I think the, the frequency... Um, questions are not answered to the end. So there are many, many things that um, maybe um, not all uh, people or investors can can fully uh, oversee. Um, uh, and it's very difficult. I think it's very difficult to, um, to have uh, this single view on ground segment or space segment and having a single, um, let's say, um, yeah, a single platform for this and a single platform for that. For that. Um, so I think there needs to be more standardization. I think, uh, I don't know uh, if ISO norms or any other norms uh, could be created. Um, we have the um, IPOS uh, standard um, somehow. So there should be more standards. Um, and everything is IP, all, it's all IP today. So that's already a good standard that we are in. But there needs to be more, um, more ease of use, I think. Uh, that's something because all the, the countries and the decision makers in the countries don't understand enough uh, of the market. And uh, the only way to uh, really uh, get... Um, get their buy-in is uh, demonstrating the system and um, and giving real value for money. Um, so that's that's a really difficult thing because we don't have the resources to do uh, every every corner of the market. Um, so um, it's it's a joint uh, um, thing that we need to do and we need more partners, we need more people, more multipliers. Um, and more uh, speakers out there. So, do you think? Um, do you think hybridizing hybridizing five G with satellite will be a game changer for our industry? I mean, is that really going to change our business when the cellular and the and the satcom markets kind of merge together for the first time? I, it's again a very difficult question. I think um, everybody that has no other choice, like the the planes, the ships. Um, they they will be hybrid uh, going uh, um, terrestrial as much as they can and then satellite on the on the ocean um, and uh, it's it's a difficult question for the the continental uh, uh, landmass uh, I think they are working so much on getting fiber everywhere um, so I think satellite will be um, the solution for every last mile that is not um, feasible or economically um, yeah, economically feasible. But um, I think uh, the, the hybrid uh, access is definitely the future because satellite can help um, balance networks and um, the latency problem can be solved with being hybrid because you can do um, the acknowledgement on the terrestrial side and you can do the transport then on the uh, on the satellite side. Mm -hmm. So there's many ways of doing these things and use and other companies have been already optimizing all these ideas with active QoS, um, active quality of service and, and other ideas. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm quite uh, optimistic that uh, the whole industry will will um, survive, um, but maybe some 
some uh, companies that have been expecting too much, uh, too fast, um, they will maybe not make it. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Seacom Satellite Systems. Seacom is a pioneer and world leader in the mobile auto-pointing satellite antenna business. The company has sold more than 9,000 systems into over 100 countries. The product line includes vehicle-mounted driveaways, transportable case-based flyaways, backpack man-pack antennas, and fixed motorized products. All come with Seacom's proprietary iNet View controller system, which enables users to find broadband via satellite with just the push of a button. Seacom is also in late-stage development, partnered with the University of Waterloo, of a revolutionary KA-band electronically steerable phased array antenna technology that has the potential to forever change the antenna business. The company is publicly traded on the Canadian Venture Exchange under the symbol CMI and on the US OTC under the symbol CYSNF. Visit the website at www.c-comsat.com. That's www.c-comsat.com. Telespazio Vega Deutschland is a first-class aerospace company for IT and engineering solutions and services. They combine 40 years of experience in high-tech markets where trust and quality are essential. Together, they share their clients' passion for aerospace, defense, security, and telecommunications. The company counts over 350 employees, and they develop ground-based software-intensive systems for control, planning, and data processing, as well as for simulations and training. Telespacio is a subsidiary of Telespacio SPA, a Leonardo Talis company, which, with its network of four space centers, 25 operating sites, and 2,500 employees worldwide, is one of the world's leading suppliers of satellite services. So, our, our, you know, Canada and Europe have recently signed a free trade agreement, and that should be that should be good for our 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 mutual businesses. Um, CECOM and Telespazio are, are uh, specifically th- as a result of our partnership has done quite well in Germany. I mean, it's a relatively limited market in terms of SATCOM. Yeah. I know that, but how do you, how do you foresee this relationship between a company like mine, CECOM manufacturer and a company like Telespazio, which is a, a service provider and system integrator and in your specific case, how can we improve our business together in this kind of new normal situation that we're dealing with? Yeah, that's a good, also, it's uh, again a good question because sales is not going to be the same uh, anymore. Um, trade shows are not going to be the same anymore. Uh, I think um, we're going to see a lot of changes. Um, and uh, I think even before the crisis, uh, I've been a big uh, fan of um, demo or die. So I think um, it's it's it, there's a lot of um, um, there's a lot of automation required for demonstrating your equipment in a in a in a very good um, way. Um, and doing this to as many uh, people, companies, institutions uh, as as possible, um, and I think that's the only way forward. Because sending data sheets, everybody's doing that. Sending PowerPoint presentations, everybody's doing that. Um, sending uh, um, nice emails or nice offers, um, anybody can do that. Um, I think where uh, there's really a difference is how you um, how you set up a system, how you deliver the system, how automated it is, um, how good your manual is, uh, and you I'm, you know I'm a big fan of Seacom from day one because the manuals were good, the software was good, it was reliable, and most of all the support was good. So um, all the mobile banks we've been doing together, and the police and others. They've been um, they've been valuing the um, the the support. Um, so the customers uh, are okay, are okay with technical things going wrong, um, but as long as you can fix them and you have a good uh, a good way of supporting them, everything is okay. So um, from 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 getting their attention and interest to uh, to creating the desire. Um, it's something that we need to rethink, um, and uh, yeah, and then the uh, 
yeah, the decision making will be will not be pricing only. Um, I think many companies have been um, trying to buy cheap, um, and then sometimes you buy twice or three times um, instead of buying uh, good and uh, not cheap. Um, so that's something that uh, we can just get over with a demo, demo, demo. Demo or die. I believe you and Richard uh, Harding had uh, had had whispered that in my ear several times in IBC, yeah. where where we kind of were pounding our fists on the table, saying, "If you don't demonstrate the equipment, you might as well just not bother sending the bloody data sheet, because exactly. you need you need people need to see it, they need to touch it, they need to smell it, they need to feel it, and that's why you know we brought our our new man pack system over there. We put it up right next to a another system that one of your uh, one of your competitor or not one of your competitors one of your customers was working with and it was very good for everyone to see the difference between the two whether it's good for us or good for them it, it doesn't matter you just need to show it to you need to see it to believe it yeah and the ease of use and that's something that I mean uh, I'm a big uh, Apple fan um, I love Apple because they are just um, they have automated so many things for me in uh, in my life, uh, whether it's music, whether it's uh, uh, my work um, or or other my photos. Um, it, it's uh, it's something the ease of use makes you um, addicted um, and it makes you um, feel good. Um, and uh, that's something that um, the whole industry um, has been lacking uh, in. And I mean, Utilsat has tried hard uh, to make it really easy to use. Then Avanti has tried hard to make it easy to use, even with self-installation and with uh, with other uh, um, good YouTube manuals, good videos. Um, there, have been, there have been so many good examples of actually good tries, um, but they it, it just wasn't enough. Um, and uh, what I now think with this crisis um, is clear is that disaster recovery um, and uh, catastrophic management and, um, and safety uh, will be um, definitely um, good markets uh, for us. Uh, while oil and gas um, is probably not so good, um, uh, the maritime market uh, difficult as well. Um, except for the logistic, probably. Um, so the only true secondary path um, to to have a communication is satellite, because everything else will come back into the fiber line near you, or it will be um, somewhere um, meeting in a in a co-location. Um, so so um, terrestrial um, lines can be. Uh, reliable, but uh, as a last resort, um, satellite will be um, the only true secondary path, um, and I believe um, that's the way we need to communicate um, our vision. Our, you know, our industry has been pretty conservative, pretty conservative industry, and it's generally been dominated by older and a male demographic. Now, I'm I'm not interested in diversity for the sake of diversity. I we are doing lots of amazing and cool things in SATCOM and space today. Do you see any more of a shift happening for younger people coming into our industry, more women coming to work in our industry? Do you see that shift happening or are we going to continue down with this, what I like to call old balls, dinosaur balls, you know, these old guys? <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's, uh, it's a funny uh, met metaphor. It, it's uh, for for satcoms, I would maybe even say yes. For the space industry as a whole, no, um, because there are so many uh, good um, startups and uh, good companies in, for example, Earth observation, um, in navigation. Uh, since Galileo is, um, is has taken a little bit longer, um, it it hasn't um, started yet as much as we uh, expected. But I, I also see there a little bit more uh, to come. So in Earth observation and navigation, um, there's quite a lot of, um, let's say, pulse um, uh, going on. And I feel that uh, on some trade shows, I feel it here uh, with uh, the government. Um, so um, I'm, I'm trying to 
Um, I'm trying to push satellite communications uh, for many years, um, and uh, I've been pushing it uh, in many directions. Uh, and uh, I think we can we can do better. Um, and uh, I think uh, competition um, is healthy, um, and competition pushes the pushes the market uh, as a whole. Um, so um, the more competition we have, the better. Um, but it needs to be healthy competition, and that's what uh, you see with OneWeb and now with Speedcast. I feel really sorry for Speedcast because that was not uh, foreseeable um, at all. But um, you don't think so? You don't think that was foreseeable? I mean, I, I, the, the reason why I think it was somewhat foreseeable was because of the lack of organic growth it was a constant uh and i i know speedcast speedcast is a customer yeah. of ours they have a lot of great people a lot of smart people uh my, my issue with the way that the business was run obviously not even in hindsight i was saying it beforehand but but it's just too many acquisitions and then once the acquisitions stop then you have to grow organically and i believe that was what you know pj had hoped would happen was you know we yeah. just continue to accumulate the assets and then we become the world's largest service provider and then we would just grow organically from there it's just unfortunate that when you take on so much debt eventually the creditors come a knocking and and i think that's kind of what's happening here and what's happened with oneweb and others yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's also some uh, Earth observation companies and uh, other companies going uh, bust. And we're now talking about the downstream business. In the upstream business, there's also a big fight. I mean, you can see with uh, with Elon Musk uh, and Jeff Bezos and uh, Richard Branson, um, all three being in a race on the uh, on the upstream market, actually. Um, and uh, uh, that's also interesting um, to see how that will evolve, and if there's really some some business in tourism, which I I, I just doubt at the moment. Um, space tourism? You mean um, like traveling into uh, into yeah, outer space? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, having a hotel up there um, and spending a week or two um, up there. Uh, I just it's a it's it's a nice dream, um, and it's uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, let's see where where the uh, the journey takes us. Um, it's uh, it's all speculation, and I think we need more Elon Musk's and uh, Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson's and uh, and um, yeah, just more uh, let's say uh, brave people um, that uh, that push for a vision um, that is technically um, doable. And uh, and not uh, not just uh, uh, a bubble, yeah. but uh, I mean Elon Musk. Nobody believed him uh, with the electric car, um, and he's uh, he's years uh, in front of all the others uh, just with his software um, and with uh, all his uh, big data, smart data that he has. It does feel uh, like with all these with all these big players coming into our industry and I've talked about it before is just there's so many big players now joining the party and it yep. should be good for us I mean there's lots of cash flowing into the market there's a lot of weak hands being folded right now the strong will will na be naturally selected and and survive I imagine so yeah, so there's 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 a lot of positives uh, for these guys coming into our business. I mean, Telespazio in South America is doing quite well because South America, um, they just don't have the possibility to put fiber everywhere. Um, just uh, it's really uh, economically even worse than it is here, um, putting the last mile somewhere. Um, so um, there it makes even more sense um, to be uh, as hybrid as possible, but probably more on the on the satcom side. Um, so South America, I think, um, is still a good market. Uh, Africa, um, in Africa, you see um, everybody is having a mobile phone. It's standard. Um, they do payments by mobile phone even more than the people do in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, Germans still like paying cash. Um, and there's a lot of all this digitalization will be pushed hard now with this crisis. And that's... Um, why I see um, the glass half full or whatever you want to say, it's, uh, 
it's the positive thing is um, we will be pushed into uh, being more um, automated, um, being more digitalized. Um, so you can see it uh, in school. I don't know what uh, what your kids are doing, um, but uh, my kids have uh, been out of school now for six weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been doing homeschooling with them and uh, you could feel in the first week it was like a like a shock uh, for the whole teach teaching system and for the whole school system and nothing happened uh, nobody knew what to do in the second week the kids got uh, got an email uh, with some uh, things to do for the week uh, from each teacher not from every teacher but from most of the teachers in the third week Almost all teachers sent an email uh, with things to do. And in the fourth week, um, they uh, actually uploaded um, the stuff onto a website of the school so the kids can download it. Mm. Um, and uh, in the fifth week, some teachers did it the one way, some did it the other way. Now we're in the sixth week and the um, government has decided that um, the kids can... Uh, we'll we'll get access to an online platform, uh, online learning platform, and um, so they are preparing uh, the kids to be, um, let's say, also um, online um, capable of learning. Oh, um, so do you do you find it? Uh, I mean, are your kids enjoying being home, or do they miss school? What's what are, what are they? They love being home. They miss uh, the breaks in school, of course, with the friends. They miss. Uh, they miss friends, of course, um, but uh, in total, um, they are not very, um, let's say, scared. Uh, they're not very unhappy. Um, and most of the kids we see around us are actually the same. And we see um, a lot of parents doing a good job in homeschooling and a lot of parents taking care of this. Um, uh, where it's more difficult, I think, is uh, with younger children, where you just have a 24-7 um, uh, nursing job um, and, you, and they, need, um, they need you the whole time. So yeah. Yeah. With us, you know, we have a 16-year-old. He's kind of on his own. He can do his own thing. He's following the guidelines for school. But the 8-year-old uh, needs a lot of attention and he needs a lot of schooling. And he's not exactly the most proactive kid, so he does need a lot of uh, pushing and assistance and I I wonder how his teachers get through the day with not yeah. just him but with 24 others like him in a classroom and I guess they make it through and they you know natural selection of students man only the strong will survive there too but man he needs a lot of help yeah, and it's he just, yeah. it's structure exactly it's about structure yeah yeah it's uh, hopefully I'm 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 of the mind that I think we I don't know about you but I think we have gone too far here with the draconian uh, measures that we've taken for society. I think it's it's a little it's it was, uh, you know, pound of pound of cure and an ounce of prevention and, you know, just the opposite of what should have been done. I think people have panicked and the media and the social media has really made people go a little bit crazy. I think we cut our heads off to prevent a headache. Uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned with what's going to happen when we do go back out into the workforce. Uh, there's going to be a dramatic, a dramatically different environment. You know, are people going to shake yeah. hands anymore? I mean, what's, uh, are we going to abandon this multi-thousand year uh, cultural uh, tradition because of a, of a flu plus? You know, I, I really don't understand what the, what the next step is here. Uh, it's very difficult, and uh, I I have to I have to just um, refer to uh, Jurgen Klopp, uh, the our German, uh, the best German football trainer uh, in the world, um, uh, training uh, the um, the guys in the UK, um, and he he gave an interview, and uh, I can just say he's right because he said. Look, I am not a scientist. I'm I don't know anything about um, uh, health. I don't know anything about um, viruses. I don't know anything about even economy. Um, I don't know anything uh, except training people. I'm a, I know how to play football, um, and that's where I'm good at, um, and that's where you can ask me questions, but don't ask me questions about uh, things that I don't know. So I like that quote, actually, because it's for me, it's, uh, it's also, I get so much, 
information from the media um, uh, from left, right, top and bottom, uh, back and forth. Uh, and uh, in the end, I think um, you may be right. Uh, some of the others may be right. Um, it's very difficult for me um, to, to find any position um, on, on those things. Um, and uh, I try to see the positive things in everything. Um, and at the moment, you see uh, a journalist wrote two weeks ago, the, the biggest uh, um, uh, climate uh, um, uh, um Demonstrations, oh, yeah. yeah, climate change people uh, that were um, um, against uh, or um, yeah, going against climate change. They were never believing that uh, all planes will stay on the ground uh, ever in their life. Um, nobody believed that it's this is ever going to be possible or going to happen, and it's actually happened. So um, there are more. Uh, nobody ever believed that um, the the borders will be closed. Um, like they, they've done. Nobody ever believed that things that are possible at the moment are actually possible. And that's something that could be positive, could be used also negatively if they, um, if they just do uh, more, um, yeah, more bad things. Uh, some governments, then it's all, of course, not so good. Um, but uh, in the end, um, I think it opens up uh, societies, it puts more transparency in. And um, what's also uh, always crazy is that scientists even argue with each other. Some scientists say this and other scientists say that, but um, they at least discuss with each other and they have some, some way of um, coming to a conclusion. Um, and I think um, that's something we can all learn from. Yeah, one of the things I listened to this morning was uh, a doctor in California was going through the numbers and and he mentioned, he said specifically, he says, you know, doctors practice medicine and he put in air quotes the word practice. He says it's a practice. We are constantly changing and amending what we know. We are we are practicing this industry. We do not know everything about this industry. It's, it's just a practice. So yeah. there's no you know, assuredness of, of every little detail we don't know, especially when it comes to something new like this, where there there are a lot of novel characteristics and a lot of the reactions to it are, are extremely novel, but uh, at least in, in terms of modern society. So we don't really know. We don't really know the answer to a lot of these things. The, the one thing that I found to be most interesting is the old commodity trader in me is what happened in the oil markets. We did briefly touch on what on the oil markets affecting our satcom business specifically. You know, we've seen a supply, yeah. we've seen a supply and demand shock at the same time. It's it's totally unprecedented. We saw negative forty dollar per barrel crude oil for May delivery uh, last week, which we've never in the history of uh, modern commodity day market commodity markets seen. Uh, where where sellers were were paying you forty dollars just to take the oil off their hands. Yeah. What what businesses do you see thriving in Europe going forward? What 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 businesses will do well in this? Uh, not necessarily satcom and space, which we've already touched on, but what businesses do you see surviving and thriving going forward? I I think agriculture is definitely a, a big thing. Uh, agriculture. Um, the the uh, medical industry, so the medical industry will will definitely benefit from it. Um, I think even the education system um, could benefit from it. For me, the, it's it's disaster recovery, it's safety, um, it's uh, yeah, it's more in that direction. Yeah, the agriculture we talked about many times. Uh, Putting our new antenna, uh, our new antenna that we're developing, the flat panel phased array, onto every tractor in the world exactly. for 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 autom automated farming. So you know, let's let's continue our our work on that, Patrick, because we gotta we have to make that happen. That's a big big potential future Absolutely, business and collaboration. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So yeah. Uh, so what else? Uh, anything else we want to touch on before we we split for the rest of our Sunday? No, I'm. Uh, I think we've talked quite a lot. Um, the people here are talking about the new normal afterwards, and uh, like you said, handshakes um, seem to be 
um, difficult in the future, um, seem to be even offensive sometimes for people, um, so you don't know. Um, yeah. So we will do um, the elbow yeah. or the foot, uh, the foot shake, um, and then uh, everything's okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll just uh, we'll just stay positive and take well, it uh, take it as it comes. When do you think when do you think we'll see each other next? Do you think we'll see each other at a trade show next? Do you think we'll see uh, just at a at a, a trip you either you to Canada or me to Germany? When what's the next time we'll we'll be seeing each other? You think? So I in Germany every trade show until August is uh, is done and dusted. Um, so uh, I hope. IBC Amsterdam is going to happen uh, in some form, in some way, uh, even if we have to stay uh, six feet uh, away from each other um, to just uh, find some way to do it. Um, and uh, coming to the US is impossible, uh, probably also until August, I guess, um, if, uh, if, if it's not necessary. Uh, and there's no I think all the trade shows there are over as well for the moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been planning quite a few trade shows this year um, and uh, quite a few demos as well, um, which have all been um, cancelled uh, or postponed. Yeah. Um, so we need to get back on track. We need to get uh, get a schedule together uh, with the people um, and uh, and see how we can get uh, maybe two or three. Uh, really uh, good systems uh, flowing around um, and uh, and get them um, yeah get them uh, demoed um, and your phased array I mean we're waiting on that and that's again something that I've been touching on OneWeb and uh, Telesat and all the others if they don't have a, a solution to bring let's say a small um, Antenna with a small modem, uh, which is uh, easy to use and easy to attach, easy to um, install. Um, if that's going to happen, I think then we're going to really have a, a big push in the market into this hybrid world. Um, because um, that's something the others are just um, too easy to use. Um, so uh, we need to adapt more to that. Let's get back to work, man. Let's get back to work. Looking forward yes. to seeing you. Looking forward to seeing you again. Uh, everybody, Patrick Lewis, Telespazio Vega from Germany. Nice to talk to you as always, my friend, and stay well and stay healthy. Yeah, thank you. You, as you too and your family as well. Subscribe to Satnuts, the podcast. Also, rate and review on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, and anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded for free. Audio engineering provided by Ben Klein. Music provided by Bacon Jew. Special thanks to the entire CECOM staff. Stay nuts, everybody.